Our topic for this session is Battling Through Hell for Peace. In every human life, there are battles, there are Gethsemanes, there are deep days of frustration, of confusion, and anyone who den denies it doesn't know life. It was true with Abraham when he offered up Isaac. He battled through an experience like hell for peace. That's found in Genesis 22. Jacob, found in Genesis 32, as he battled with his antagonist there in those night hours, battled through hell. But he found peace. In the New Testament, we are told, fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. So the Christian warfare is really a battle. It's a battle of faith. It's not a battle of works. It's not what we can do. It's whether we will believe what our Lord has done and does, you see. And so I would like to share with you this evening one text of Scripture which you can use the rest of your life. It's a text of Scripture which has saved my, my life more than once. It's found in Isaiah, the 26th chapter, and the third verse. And this is what it says. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. Those of you who are at the tables with the pencil and paper, you might like to write that down. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. I found in my experience some 20, uh, uh, to begin with, about 31 years ago, as I was going through a terrible Gethsemane experience, all at once, as I was on my knees praying, and it seemed the darkness would never disappear. It seemed like the morning would never come. Everything seemed to be caving in. And as I was there, I actually crying out in the blackness, in the darkness, in the pitchy darkness. The Holy Spirit flashed this text in my mind. It's not the one I've just quoted to you, but it's one that shows how the one we've just quoted should be used. 2 Corinthians 4.18. It says, while we look, not at the things that are seen, but at the things that are not seen. The things that are seen are temporal. The things that are not seen are eternal. And that is what Isaiah 26, verse 3 is all about. It is to help us to block out of our mind the things that worry, the things that send us into a Gethsemane experience the things that frustrated, frustrate us and the things that confuse us to such a point that a person could actually lose his mentality in some cases. So Isaiah 26, 3 and 2 Corinthians 4, 18, really they go together. While we look, not at the things that are seen, you see the troubles, the perplexities, the things that cause us anguish, but we look at the things that are not seen. The things that are seen are temporal. And I was on my knees there in that dark hour, and I said, Lord, does that mean that daylight will really come to my soul? Well, I said, Lord, every darkness is followed by light. So if you don't mind, hurry up and send me the light. And the Lord was saying to me, get your mind off of these negatives. Turn your eyes from the problems. Put your eyes on the solution. The solution is Jesus Christ. Every solution in life is found in Him. There's no exception. Isaiah 26, 3. At another time, 
as I was passing through a deep, dark Gethsemane experience, a medical doctor friend of mine had just told me, and this was 23 years ago, he had just told me that I had cancer. He had recommended that I give up my revival work. And as I thought it over, and my wife and I talked about it and prayed about it, we said, let's not give it up. Let's take the simplest diet that reason would indicate. Let us get physical exercise so that oxygen, you see, can fill these tissues. For they, I understand that, that, that cancer cells are largely devoid of oxygen. I'd go for walks. I would eat the best diet I could obtain. But even at that, in the middle of the night, I would awaken. And the word cancer came to me. It, was, it not merely knocked at the door, it knocked down the door, as it were, of my thinking. Cancer. You're going to die of cancer. There's no hope. Cancer. And to be perfectly frank, friends, I was filled with fear. And then Isaiah chapter 26, verse 3 came to me. Oh, the Holy Spirit just, just revealed that to me. It was silhouetted against the horizon of my thinking. Oh, thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee. And I said, no, Lord, I'm going to stay my mind on you. And I began at creation's dawn. And I thought, and I remembered how Psalm 32, verses 6 and 9 says, By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made, and all the host of them by the breath of his mouth. He spake, and it was done. He commanded, and it stood fast. And I said, Lord, your word was so powerful that by your word the, the universe came into existence. Now, the reason I was talking about his word as I was looking to him was I had already been teaching the power of God's promises, you see. I'd explained to people that when Jesus speaks, his word is full of creative power. So now it came back to me. Is his word full of creative power or isn't it? Is this word, the word of Christ, is it sufficient to take care of your problems or isn't it? So I said, Lord, your word at creation's dawn was so powerful, you spoke this planet into existence. By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made, all the hosts of them by the breath of his mouth. I said, Lord, by your word, you brought all the plagues on Egypt and you delivered your people and, the, and they passed through the Red Sea by your word. The manna fell by your word. The waters gushed out of the rock where they had no water by your word. Lord, what a powerful word. I was following the thought of Isaiah chapter 26, verse 3, you see. Then I went on down through the Old Testament. I said, Lord, it was by your word that Jehoshaphat, as recorded in Second Chronicles chapter 20, it was by your word that tremendous victory came to the host of Judah when their enemies had gathered about them, the enemies like the sand of the sea. And Jehoshaphat had said, Lord, we don't know what to do. It's all found in Second Chronicles, the 20th chapter, verse 12 now. Lord, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are upon thee. And as he followed the simple ABCs of prayer, claiming God's promises, they went out in simple faith, looking to the Lord, and the victory was, was absolute. Then I went on and on and on through the Bible, came in the New Testament. I said, Lord, there was that woman, that sick woman, who said, and it's recorded in Mark chapter 5, she said, if I may but touch Christ's garment, I shall be whole. I said, Lord, your word was so powerful. The word that was made flesh and dwelt among us was so powerful that she just touched your garment. She was completely healed. 
And I said, Lord, you touched the leper. The leper said, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. That's Matthew, the, the eighth chapter, verses one and two. And, and you touched him. And you said, I will be thou clean. I said, Lord, your word was more powerful than leprosy. And Lord, your word, your word is more powerful than the cancer that the doctor tells me I have. And Lord, I am finding perfect peace because I know whom I believe. I know the power of your word. I know the love of Calvary. I know the power of creation and Calvary love and creation power are combined in Jesus Christ for my good. And friends, after about an hour of fixing my mind on Christ, as mentioned in Isaiah 26, 3, I had perfect peace and went to sleep. Now, it's true that I had to repeat this many times. I battled through hell, as it were. But I came out with peace because you've said, thou wilt keep him in perfect peace. The margin says, peace, peace. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. You see, it's a trust in him that counts. Having eyes fixed on him. I like the way my favorite author says in, a, in the book Education, that beautiful book called Education, page 297, it says, when the gaze is once fixed upon him, life finds its center. My friends, when you and I begin to feel unbalanced, there's nothing that can balance us like looking to the Lord that balances the human life, who balances the human spirit, who balances the human body. Look out of him. We can be saved. All you ends of the earth, Isaiah 45, 22. I was so happy. Nine months later, my same medical doctor announced that there wasn't a sign of cancer. Not a sign. Friends, I'm not for a moment inferring that a saint of God who dies of cancer is dying because he doesn't trust in Jesus. Don't get that impression. I have seen and I've heard of cancer patients dying with the sweetest piece of Jesus. So it's not a question merely of whether we live or whether we die. The question is, as we look to Jesus Christ, we say, for me to live is Christ. And to die is gain. When Jesus is with me, whether I live or whether I die, that's not the big question. The big question is, if I want peace in life, if I want peace as I go through the valley of the shadow of death, if I want peace as I close my eyes in death, it will come by looking to the Prince of Peace. His name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Prince of Peace. He is the one one old stormy Galilee said, Peace, be still. And the waters of that furious sea became as calm as a kitten. It was he when John, the 14th chapter and the 27th verse says, My peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. So Isaiah 26, 3, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee. I remember another time, years and years later, I went through another terrible Gethsemane experience. I actually, I actually went up into my, into my woods, and uh, I didn't want to have people see me weeping, but I was sobbing. And the thoughts that Satan placed in my mind 
even though before I'd found perfect peace in looking to Jesus, the thoughts that he placed in my mind were bad. They were hellish thoughts. And as I was sobbing, what do you suppose I was thinking about? I was thinking about Glenn Kuhn. I was thinking about injustices that had been done to Glenn Kuhn. I was thinking about these miserable people. Why should they treat me like this? God had delivered me before from this. Now I had to fight the battle all over, all over again. And while I was sobbing where no one could see, with Satan's hellish thoughts pervading my mind all at once, praise the Lord, the Holy Spirit flashed this text into my mind. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith, consider him who bore such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest you be wearied and faint in your mind. I said, Lord, thank you. That's exactly what's happened. I've become wearied. I've become faint because I've been looking to circumstances. I've been pitying Glenn Kuhn. Forgive me, Lord. I said, I'm going to fix my gaze on Jesus in, in, in the trials. And you know, very foggily, by the eye of faith, I could see him standing there, being rebuffed and reviled, humiliated. And you'd be astonished, friends, at what happened. As I fixed my gaze on Jesus there, peace came to me. I said, what in the world and why in the world should I have begun to act like I have been acting when Jesus had perfect peace in the judgment hall? Jesus, thank you for the perfect peace. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee. Beloved, life is made up of battles. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. The fight is a fight of faith. Will I look to circumstances or will I look to Jesus? Will I look to the doubts that the devil overwhelms me with or will I look to his promises? Will I look to circumstances or will I look to Calvary where he was willing to go in abject uh, humiliation for me? Oh, he'll never forget me. Never forget me. You know, friends, out of some of these experiences, I have been able to share with tens of thousands of people my own experience, and they have found peace. I'm thinking of a little boy that came to me at the close of one of my services. Maybe he was nine years old, perhaps 10, 11 at the most. I'd invited anybody who had a problem to come right up front at the close of the service. Everybody left except this little boy. As he came up, he looked at the floor. <laughs> and I didn't even know whether he'd come to see me or not. So I said, son, did, did you come to see me? And I'll never forget as long as memory shall continue his ability to articulate and enunciate. He said, yes. It was like the S of yes was about seven S's. Yes. I said, son, what is your problem? He said, temper. I said, son, come right up here and we'll sit right down the front seat. And I said, I have a text of scripture for you. I have a promise for you. It's Isaiah 26, 3. And the promise is that the Lord will keep you in perfect peace if you keep your mind stayed on him. So you'll ask God to do it, Matthew 7, 7, Jesus said, ask. You'll believe that God is doing it, Jesus said, believe that you receive, Mark 11, 24. 
then you'll thank the Lord that you are receiving as Jesus did at the grave of Lazarus. John eleven forty one, And I said, no, we'll pray together. And I'll write out this little reference, put it in your pocket. Now, son, I said, now, son, when you get home, take that reference out of your pocket, open your Bible, read the whole thing. Will you do it? He said, yes. <laughs> Bless his heart. I feel like hugging him even now. And I had prayer and he left. About three nights later, the little boy was back again. And I felt sure that I knew why he'd come. I said to myself, I know why he's come. He has come to tell me what thousands of other people say. It just doesn't work. And I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to not be on the defense. I'm going to be on the aggression. <laughs> and I'm going to start putting him on the spot. So I said, son, sit down. And with a big smile, I said, son, tell me this. When you went home, did you write out that promise in full? He said, yes. I said, when you wrote out that promise in full, did you put it in your pocket? He said, yes. I said, you did? And you know, he almost had to pick me up from the floor. I didn't dream that he would do anything about it. I said, now, son, uh, you put it back in your pocket. At the very, very first sign of losing your temper, at the very first sign, did you pull that promise out and read it? He said, yes. Really, did you, son? Yes. I said, wonderful. <clears throat> I said, that's wonderful, son. I said, uh, did you use the ABCs? Did you say, Lord, I ask you to give me perfect peace? Yes. Did you say, Lord, I believe you're giving me perfect peace? Yes. Did you really? Yes. Wonderful. Did you say, Lord, thank you. I am now receiving perfect peace. Yes. I said, son, did you really? What happened? He said, I haven't lost my temper since. Isn't that wonderful? Praise the Lord. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusted in thee. Now, that was a little boy. What about an old lady? <laughs> what about an old lady about 73 years of age? Yes. One of those dear souls came to me at the close of another meeting. And I want to tell you, friends, she was absolutely full of consternation. Her voice indicated, her countenance revealed it. She said, Pastor Coon, I'm having a terrible time at home. She said, my daughter is so mean. She's so sarcastic. It seems all through the day, she's just cutting me all up with words. And she said, I, 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 just, I just can't take it. I, I just can't stand it much longer. Can you help me? I said, yes. I felt like saying the like little boy, yes. <laughs> you can, yes. I said, here it is. Isaiah chapter 26, verse 3. And this is what it says, sister. It says, thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. I said, now, you can ask God to give you perfect peace at the first onslaught of your daughter's tongue. Immediately turn to the Lord Jesus and say, thank you. I'm asking. I'm believing. I'm claiming perfect peace. But I said more than that. Notice there's a condition. It says in Isaiah 26, 3, it happens to him whose mind is stayed on the Lord. I said, let me tell you how to stay your mind on the Lord. And the reason I told her friends was, 
I had heard for years and years and years from people, stay your mind on Jesus. I didn't know what they meant. Where is he? Is he out here in space somewhere? I can't see him out in space. How do you stay your mind on Jesus? So I said, I'll tell you how to stay your mind on Jesus so you can have perfect peace. I said, let me share with you an experience. I want to share with you, I said, an experience that, that an actor had. He was a star of a play. I said, this actor, as they were, as they were uh, practicing this, this play, the whole program was to revolve around one thing. Could he keep his cool, as they say these days? Could he continue this beautiful, peaceful countenance under all kinds of unworthy, personal hints? And that was what it was all about. So they had practiced this many times. And uh, the others who were connected with him were to throw out little insinuations little slurs, uh, nicely said, you know how it is. But there's one thing he didn't know. He didn't know that they hadn't covered all that they were going to say when the thing actually was, was rendered. When, when the day arrived and the crowds came and the audience watched, to the amazement of his friends who had watched the play, these co-stars, if you please, these associates, they had checked on a lot of things in his childhood unbeknown to him. And they had decided to put every one of these things in the worst construction so that as they'd ask him a question, there was a very strong insinuation, you see, and another would come in with another insinuation. No, they didn't make direct charges, but these, these vitriolic insinuations were hurled at him kindly, of course, but, oh, they were lethal. And the audience watching, including those who had seen them in the, in, the, in the practice, were amazed. This man's countenance did not betray one sign of irritation. His countenance was perfectly peaceful. Now, he was a man of the world, mind you. I don't know that he even professed Christianity at all. Throughout all of those insinuations, those, those hints, those unworthy comments, there was not, not even a shadow of fear or worry or retaliation. Not a shadow. When the, when the program ended, some of the star's friends came up and began to pity him. That was a dirty trick they played on you. But tell us, tell us, I told this lady. Yeah, I'm telling this 73-year-old lady this. They said, but tell us, how in this world, with all the things that they did which you knew nothing about, they're just thrown at you unplannedly as far as you're concerned, how were you able to keep your perfect poise? What do you suppose he said? He said, very simple. He said, I took my mind off of everything they were saying. I marched my mind right over to Palestine back 2,000 years ago, and I began to reconstruct part of the ministry of Jesus Christ. And I was watching Jesus in memory, in imagination. I was watching Jesus, and I was so delighted and enthralled with what Jesus was like. 
and what he was doing. He said that there was no way that I could be bothered what they were saying. And I said to this fine lady, I said, Lady, if a man of the world, if a worldly star, a worldly actor could find perfect peace in staying his mind on Jesus by reconstructing some act in the ministry of Christ, you can do the same. The very instant that your daughter begins to hurl these, these mean statements, these sarcastic remarks, you'll walk your mind right over to Palestine. You, in imagination, you'll go back 1,900 years ago. And I said, I have a suggestion of the act in the ministry of Christ that you reconstruct. It is the healing of the leper, <clears throat> and it's recorded in Matthew chapter 8, verses 1 and 2. And I said, you'll find a reconstruction of this in a beautiful book on the life of Christ. And the book is entitled, <clears throat> The Desire of Ages. Now you'll practice yourself in reconstructing this act in the ministry of Christ before you get into this mess with your daughter again. So when you do, you'll be able, you'll already have drilled yourself and practiced so you can immediately walk yourself over to Palestine in imagination back 1900 and so many years ago and reconstruct an act in the ministry of Christ and you will have perfect peace. And we prayed together, she left. But I must make a confession, friends. I confess that when that lady walked out of that room and closed the door, I had the slightest idea that she would have any peace of mind. Do you know why? Because most people are relying on something that they sort of press a button. You know, if I'm sick, take a pill or press a button. They're not willing to go into an action. They're not willing to fight the fight of faith, actually. So I said, in, in line with the past experiences, I can't expect anything to happen. But bless your heart, about three days later, at the close of our service again, a knock at the door. In comes this lady, this 73-year-old lady. Her face was beaming. She said, Pastor Kuhn, Pastor Kuhn, I just want to share with you the good news. There's not one thing that my daughter can say to me that bothers me in any way, shape, or manner anymore. And you know what I thought? Lady, you're putting me to shame. I have lost, I didn't tell her this, I've lost my cool since I've shared this with others. And here's a lady in three days, this lady who had never known about it at all, and I'd known about it for years, this lady has found perfect peace. I say, friends, we can thank the Lord for the promises of God. What do you say? My, my. Now, if you'll notice with me how this promise goes, and if you'd like to pull out your, yes, I see you have taken the sheets of paper and your pencils, and some of you, are, of you are placing them on the tables there. And we want to give you a little, a little program to help you, which has helped me very much. And the take-home tape, in addition to the tape we're doing now, the take-home tape goes far more deeply into this because we don't have time to present it all in this one service. You'll want the take-home tape as well as this tape. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, all right? You'll put down at the left-hand side of your paper, up near the top, the word thou. Thou. 
Remember, this is Isaiah 26, verse 3. Thou. And after thou, you'll put equals, a little equal sign. Thou equals the center of peace. That means thou, the Lord, is the center of peace. Thou wilt. The word wilt, right below thou. Wilt equals the assurance of peace. Thou, the center of peace. Wilt, the assurance of peace. Thou wilt keep. The word keep is below wilt. Keep. Equals the permanency of peace. Or if you can't spell permanency like I can't sometimes, you'll say the constancy of peace. The permanency of peace. Thou equals the center of peace. Wilt equals the assurance of peace. Thou wilt keep the permanency of peace. Thou wilt keep him in perfect. The word perfect at the left. Perfect equals the completeness of peace. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind, you'll put down mind, mind, equals a condition of peace whose mind is stayed. Under mind, you'll put the word stayed. And opposite the word stayed, again, you'll put the condition of peace. Mind, condition of peace, equals condition of peace. Stayed, condition of peace. Because, uh, stayed on thee, because he trusteth. You'll put the word trusteth. Trusteth equals also condition of peace. So you have three words here which equal, in each case, <coughs> the condition of peace. Now we'll go through it together, and let's say it together. Thou equals the center of peace. This means that the Lord is the center of our peace. The Lord is the center of our peace. So let's say it. The Lord is the center of our peace. Thou wilt, wilt, the assurance of peace. Thou wilt keep, keep the, the what? The permanency of peace. Thou will keep him in perfect peace. The word permanent is the completeness of peace. God will keep us in perfect peace whose mind is stayed because he trusts us. Trust us. This is the condition of peace. Isn't it wonderful how God is willing to give us that perfect peace? You'll find in the tape that you take home with you this evening, you'll find, friends, how a very fine lady who came into our experience with two ministers of, our, of us, how she used this wonderful series of statements in Isaiah chapter 26, verse 3, to bring perfect peace to one individual after another. She began it first in her own life. You'll love that experience. To me, it was one of the most fabulous series of experiences I've ever heard. I've learned this, friend. You can battle through hell, and you can find perfect peace when the mind is stayed on Jesus Christ. I recall, I recall a medical doctor out in California who had a thriving, most successful business. Several medical doctors were, were working with him. And uh, for one reason or another, this doctor finally got into a, into a brain exhaustion, nerve exhaustion. 
and he became so ill that it seemed that nothing that could be done would help him. As I was holding a series of meetings like this, a friend of the doctor's family came to me after one of my services, and he said, Brother Kuhn, would you be willing, he said, to give some counsel to a very wonderful medical doctor who now is distraught? He's had to give up his practice. And the man seems, it seems he's going to lose his mind unless something happens. I said, yes. And I said, you can bring the doctor to me at such and such an hour on such and such a day. I remember now, this was many years ago, when the medical doctor came in, we walked into the pastor's study, we closed the door, and I said, doctor, I have an answer. I have a bomb. I have a therapy. It's in God's immutable, eternal, impeccable, living, creative word. I don't know the words I use. I said, it's in Isaiah, chapter 26, verse 3. And this is what it says, doctor. It says, thou, thou is what? Everybody. The center of peace. The Lord, see. Thou wilt. Wilt means the assurance of peace. Thou wilt keep. This is the permanency of peace. You can write it down and practice it and drill yourself on it, you see. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee. I said, Doctor, by God's grace, and I'll pray for you, I'm going to ask God to make it possible for you to take your mind off of all of these negatives, every one of them, and to put your mind on Jesus Christ. And I believe that you will be healed. The man who had come to me the few days before, he said, Brother Kuhn, that man cannot sleep. There's nothing that seems to take place that gives him any rest. The man is fit to be tied. He cannot sleep. You know what happened? A couple days after this simple uh, chat and counseling session with this medical doctor, the same man who had invited him to come came to me and he said, Pastor, I have good news for you. That very night when the doctor returned home from, from your counsel, he slept well. Ah, thou wilt give, keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusted in thee. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.